This is Austin Michaels, and I'm on season five. I have to do a quick commentary, a 20-minute commentary in Matthew 3, 1 through 12. Um, so we'll just continue as I always do. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in the camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem, all Judea, and all the region around the Jordan went out to him, and were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. But when they saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, for he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor, and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the shaft with unquestionable fire. John the Baptist in the Gospels was said by Jesus to be the greatest prophet ever. And so this should tell you, Jesus being God, the perfect man, that there's no one greater than John the Baptist. Um, then that should tell you, John the Baptist was an amazing prophet. Now, John the Baptist started preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Um, and his message was, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that message um, is a way of saying he did preach a lot on, on repentance he did prepare the people uh, for the coming Messiah. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It means it's right here. It's really close by, guys. Get prepared right now. <clears throat> so John the Baptist is in a desert preaching. And somehow people hear about him and he draws crowds. Verse 3, For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now the question we have to ask is, How did Matthew know that that specific prophecy in Isaiah, chapter 40, verse 3, 
Um, how does he know that specifically referred to John the Baptist? Well, John the Baptist cried out in a wilderness, we are told. He, his message was to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. And he called Jesus God. Now, Jesus was God. So, there's a voice that's going to cry in the wilderness. He's going to prepare the way of the Messiah. And uh, he's going to be God. Because this is a highway for God in Isaiah. Cool. Here's his voice. Well, John the Baptist seems to fill this perfectly. And so that is um, why Matthew would also know that Isaiah 43 referred to John the Baptist. Of course, simply put, Jesus Christ could have told Matthew directly and he's God. So, of course, that would be an obvious answer. Now, quickly, John the Baptist does not mean John was a Baptist Christian. He wasn't denominationally Baptist. It just means he, he baptized a lot of people. Uh, John the Dunker, John the Baptizer, it's the same thing. It's not a denominational name, of course, and most people know that, but some actually thought John was a Baptist. Um, a quick note, um, because... I suppose it's interesting and... It's in somewhat, I guess, important is that we do know about the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Josephus mentions a third group called the Essenes. Well, well, now, of course, with the Dead Sea Scrolls, we know a whole lot about the Essenes. People have debated whether John the Baptist was a Essene. Um, he was, according to Dead Sea Scrolls. According to Hippolytus, the church father, he was the head of the Essenes. And he was therefore the head of the uh, school of the prophets. And the scenes themselves say that one of their own would be the voice crying in the wilderness ahead of time prophetically. Well, John was a scene according to the early church father. And he was the one that that actually cried out. He was the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Just as the scenes say out of their own would be that voice. So um, clearly John acted like a, a scene. He lived in a desert like a scene. He could survive in a desert. Um, he was a scene. A scene were generally good people. Um, there's a lot of debates on what happened to the scenes. And there's an Egyptian group of scenes that were Gnostic. But that's a totally different group. They just call themselves the same name. Just like Christians. Some Christians are cults but they call themselves Christians. That doesn't really mean that the true Christians are not true Christians. I just thought I'd mention that. Now, John preaches in the wilderness of Judea. Why did he choose that place? I don't know. I, sp- I don't know. That's where he lived. And why would people come out and hear him unless he had something people wanted, a deep Holy Spirit conviction or somehow? So, John's message, goal, the purpose of his preaching was to make ready the way of the people, make the hearts of the people ready for the Messiah. Because Isaiah says, prepare you the way of the Lord. He prepared the people's hearts so that people's hearts were right and then they would follow the Messiah. In fact, at least two of the disciples of Jesus were actually disciples of John the Baptist, who were prepared by John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist dressed in camel's hair. Don't know how comfortable that is. And he died was um, locusts and wild honey. He obviously was an expert in living in the wilderness. He knew how to eat food. Um, he must have grown up a lot in the wilderness. He knew how to survive it. So he was just a redneck, outdoors type of guy that had a strong message for God's people. Sometimes the best preachers are not from college campuses that have degrees. Sometimes there are hardworking people that God has taught over a long period of time with hard work and through life. And they decide to preach the gospel, what they have learned. And many times they're much better than people with college degrees. Now, John's message was very effective. We know this because in verse 5, um, also John had a leather uh, belt around his waist. forgot to mention that, but anyways. He was clothing camels, had a leather belt, looking at wild honey. It says in verse 5, then Jerusalem... All Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him. So he was very effective. So much people drew uh, crowds to him. Crowds were drawn to him. Unlike today, people think they need smoke bands, big, big, expensive equipment. They need to draw people with free food or, or some fun activity or prizes. John did not do any of that. He simply trusted completely in the Lord and preached straightforward messages that were not fun to listen to. And so I don't believe we today need to use earthly means and fleshly means and and brilliant human ideas to do the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can do the work just fine on his own without those things. Alright. John the Baptist baptized people and they confessed their sins. Verse 6. Now this would have been a slap in the face. You may have been baptized in a pharisaical way or a Sadducee way. And John the Baptist basically told you, you need to repent. That's not good enough. I will baptize you. In other words, the Pharisees perhaps got word back that the people that used to follow you Pharisees now are being rebaptized into another person's teaching, John the Baptist. That would not have been very popular with the Pharisees. And they could have killed John the Baptist. They had a lot of power throwing him in jail or something, at least. Um, and so, John baptized a lot of people. And the Pharisees is unpopular for a second reason. Because the Pharisees would have being told to get baptized. And they were leaders of the people. They're prideful. They thought they're spiritual. And so he just he pointed straight forward to the Pharisees that you're wrong, you need to be baptized. Alright? And people confess their sins. Now, for a Protestant church, confession of sins is not really taught or practiced. In Catholics don't know that much about Greek Orthodox, but I assume it's close. They probably misunderstand confession too. I, in short, since I have a short amount of time, it probably came a heartfelt 
thing they felt like they needed to do. The Holy Spirit convicted them so deeply they felt like they had to tell the people. Confessing their sins. They felt like they needed to confess them at that moment. In other words, confession should be a Holy Spirit movement, not a human endeavor. Um, we're told in James to confess our sins to one another. So therefore, confession of sins somehow should be practiced in the Protestant churches. Verse 7. It says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, he... John the Baptist could get himself in trouble for how straightforward he was. He told the... It's like a group of pastors coming out. He's saying, you brood of vipers. You snakes. You evil snakes. What are you doing, pastors, out here? Who, who warned you, pastors, that you're going to hell? So he was, he was just a straight shooter. He hit people in the middle of the eyes. He didn't care if you were great or small. He even would reprimand people in political power later on and get himself in jail. He says, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. All right. So John says, you're coming to be baptized, Sadducees and Pharisees. Okay. You need to bear fruit with repentance. In other words, change your life. Repent. Um, true salvation, true faith would be, comes with true repentance and the fruits that come with that true repentance. And so John goes farther. He's going to really hound on the Pharisees, making sure they understand exactly what they ought to do. He says in verse 10, 9, and verse 9, Do not think to say yourselves, We have Abraham as a father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. You say, oh, Pharisees, well, we are the Jewish race. We're, we're sons of Abraham. He says, God can make sons of Abraham out of those stupid stones that are gray and can't move. Yeah, you're just as good. You know, in other words, that's not something to be boastful or prideful about. God doesn't care that you're sons of Abraham. He can make rocks sons of Abraham if you grow wine sons of Abraham. So he just, you know, they were prideful in their nationality. He's trying to get them to the root place where it doesn't matter what your nationality is. That is no advantage. You need to have true repentance. And he says now, and even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into fire. If you don't bear good fruit, Pharisees, I don't care that you're sons of Abraham. You're still going to go to hell. You'll be cut down by God and thrown into fire. Therefore, you need to have a true repentance and bear fruit. That's like saying today, I don't care that you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian or you're a Roman Catholic. I don't care that you've been baptized. If you don't have fruit, you're going to hell. I don't. That means nothing. God can make Baptists out of the rocks. God can make Roman Catholics out of wood. The point being, 
you cannot base your salvation on if I have a certain degree in theology, if I'm a Pharisee, if I have a if I'm a pastor, or if I have been to church for ten years, or if I'm a member of a specific church. I cannot base my salvation on anything other than uh, in Christ alone. And how do I know? Well, it will show by its fruits. Now John says in verse 11, Indeed, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, John is saying that I only can baptize you with water. It's just water. That's all I can do. But the Messiah who is coming, he can baptize you with a fire and the Holy Spirit. I'm so unworthy compared to that guy. Okay, so water baptism is unto repentance. In other words, I baptize you while they're showing you truly repented. But the Messiah is coming, and he will, he will baptize you with the fire and the Holy Spirit. In other words, he will baptize you with a greater baptism than the water baptism. Now, John will end saying his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the shaft with unquestionable fire. God's going to separate thoroughly every single person in this world that lives. And it's going to separate the false Christians from the true Christians. The false Jews from the true Jews. The Jews who have believed Messiah and Jews who don't believe in Messiah. And we will, as true Christians, go to heaven. But every single person, no matter how good or religious they look, will go to hell if they're shaft. The picture is God's going to judge, repent. John the Baptist was a strong preacher of repentance. He didn't, didn't care that you were a high-up leader and had lots of people in power or positions. He hit it straight in the head. You need to repent. You don't have don't care about your nationality or your degrees or your religious certificates. God's going to judge based on your true repentance and the fruit, and that's it. We're all at the same level. There's a coming judgment. Be careful. I only can baptize you with water. Don't worry about that. There's a better baptism coming. Fire and Holy Spirit. That's through the Messiah. Water baptism can't save you, and surely you have to have a true change heart. So John the Baptist preaches a weighty message on repentance. And that is John the Baptist, a, a, a lonely man in the wilderness, rough, tough guy, yet he was greatly used as the Holy Spirit. I do believe today, very strongly, that I think the next generation, today and in the future, the hands of Christianity need to fall into those like John the Baptist. I don't care, not those who come from colleges. Colleges have all kinds of crap coming out of them doctrinally. We will hopefully men be raised from hard-working, blue-collared working people doing the hard work. And they, like John the Baptist, preach a straightforward gospel. That is who the hands of Christianity is in the next generation. The colleges as a whole have lost it. May God bless you.
Amen.